Good morning, ladies. Um, I wanted to start by highlighting um, an article that's in your magazine this month. You can read it later when you go home. But each month we have a section called Teachable Moments. And um, you've heard us say before, our desire is to equip you as moms from toddler to teen. Um, but two things I wanted to point about the, out about the Teachable Moments this month that I'm excited about is this is actually written from a grandma's perspective, um, which I know some of you are already at that stage or approaching that stage. And so we wanted to... Um, provide some great ideas there as well. And then second, I'm excited about this because my mom actually wrote this piece. And so she is an amazing um, long distance grandma. And so, um, so there's some fun ideas for you also. Um, but I wanted to start kind of with a bit of a book review of my very, very beat up dog, literally dog chewed copy of a book that's called Practicing His Presence. And it's written by Brother Lawrence, who lived during the 1600s. Um, and he became a Christian when he was 18, um, was a soldier, and then went on to be a footman by occupation. Um, but at the age of 55, he entered a religious community similar to what we would consider a monastery um, in, outside of Paris, and he served there for the rest of his life, about 25 years. And he served primarily in the hospital kitchen or dining hall. Um, and I was given this book um, many years ago before I was married. I worked in full-time youth ministry, and during the summers, I went to Canicut Camps, which is a Christian sports camp in Missouri, and um, had the privilege of of being on leadership and serving over the dining hall two summers. And so I um, could relate and appreciate his words when he wrote, I have accustomed myself to doing everything there, which is being in the dining hall or the monastery kitchen, for the love of God on all occasions with prayer. I have found his grace to do my work well, and I found it easy during the 15 years in which I have been employed here. Now, I might have only been doing similar work for two summers, um, and it was a very fun time, um, but it was also a lot of hard work, a lot of thankless, behind-the-scenes serving work. Um, and so I appreciated my little book and the example of Brother Lawrence. Um, but more than that, it's a book that I've come back to and this idea that I've come back to again and again as a parent um, this concept of practicing his presence. And what that means is to be continually drawing near to God regardless of your circumstances, regardless of the situation that you're in, regardless of the activity that you are doing. Um, in another place, he writes, although I do retire to pray, I do not need such retirement, nor do I ask for it, because my greatest business does not divert me from God. I find no difference because I still continue with God, praising and blessing him with all my might so that I might pass my life in continual joy. Um, for me personally, what that means um, is that while my preference would be to wake up in the morning and have a nice, quiet, slow hour to myself, um, reading my Bible, maybe a cup of coffee, journaling, doing some study. Um, I have four young children, and so that is not a regular um, practical activity in my house at this season of my life. Um, now, while do I still need to do that at times? Absolutely. I think there's great biblical precedence for that. But on the days when that is just not possible, um, I'm still called to dwell in his presence. I'm still called to draw near to him and to meditate on his word, to pray without ceasing. 
Um, and right now, my greatest business, my greatest job is raising and loving my children. Um, and I want to be able to say that I can do that without it diverting me from God. Um, so I want you to think for a moment of all the little jobs that each of you do every day, and you do them again and again and again and again, um, from fixing meals to folding baskets of laundry, um, maybe helping with homework, doing tuck-in at bedtime. Um, at, as moms, we do a lot of seemingly small unappreciated and often unseen jobs. Um, so I found this list. I think it's kind of funny. It was, um, it's about that greatest business that we do as moms, things that you have to teach your children. Um, and I wanted to share a few of those with you. And it's from a longer list that is titled 33 Ridiculous Things That You Had No Idea You Had to Teach Your Children. Um, and I'm just going to give you a few of those. Number one, pee in the toilet. Not on it, not around it, not near it, in the toilet. Number two, the gift that is the courtesy flush. Um, number three, how to wipe your own hiney. Seriously, no one explained to me. This is like part two of potty training. This is a whole nother step. It comes at another time. Um, number four, don't drink poison. Number five, don't walk into traffic. Number six, do not shove a pencil in your ear hole. In our house, it was actually do not shove a pee up your nose. Um, that required tweezers and a flashlight, and don't do that. Um, number seven, you have to change your underwear. Yes, every day. Number eight, perhaps some of you with older girls, you have you, how to shave your armpits. Number nine, how to use shampoo without dumping all of it down the drain. And then the next step with that is how to rinse all that shampoo out of your hair before you get out of the shower. Um, number 11, you can't take money out of the tip jar, even though it's right here at eye level. You can't do that. Um, number 11, or number 12, your parents aren't famous. Everybody doesn't know who Hey Mom is. Um, and number 13 is babies do not come out of your bottom. <laughs> So those are, those are, yes, some kind of a funny list, but some of the thankless jobs, the forgotten, unremembered, yet absolutely necessary jobs that you do every day as moms. But I'd like you to have courage to, uh, I would like to encourage you, sorry, to have patience with yourself. Um, look up from that thing that you do again and again and again and again. <laughs> And see that it, too, can be done for God's glory. And that it truly can be a part of that greatest business that God has for you. And so I wanted to talk to you this morning about a woman, a special woman in Scripture. Um, but one that you won't find listed in most um, women of the Bible books. One a woman that you, a mom, that you probably have not ever heard a sermon about or honestly given any thought to. Um, in fact, our home church here, Rio Vista Community Church, just spent the last year, 2014, moving through the books of First and Second Samuel, and we studied the life of David. Um, we studied David from a young shepherd boy out in the hills with his sheep to um, this fearless young man just going to deliver lunch to his brothers that took down a giant. Um, from there to a mighty warrior to the great king of Israel, um, and then even to a fallen man. Um, to a weakened ruler, and then finally a physically and politically frail old man. Um, but throughout that, all of those different stages, David is again and again referred to as the son of Jesse. But what about his mom? Who's she? What about her? Um, 
Did you ever think about her? Does that even cross your mind? Well, while scripture never gives us her name, she was certainly in no way unseen or insignificant or forgotten by God or by her children. And I want to I want to talk about that. I'd like to share with you two verses from the book of Psalms. But before we get there, um, you need to know that Psalms is a book with several different writers. David is one of those. He was the warrior and poet king, um, and he wrote 74 of the 150 Psalms or songs. Um, and if you haven't read David's Psalms, I would highly encourage you to do so. Um, read the words and be shocked by the vulnerability and the honesty that David comes to God with. Um, Let it be an example to you. Let those be words that you pray back to God. Um, David comes with fear, with anger, with hurt. Um, And that's an example to us that God is not in any way shocked or intimidated by our emotions. In fact, he knows them already. He knows how you're feeling. And so the best thing to do is actually be vulnerable and be that honest with him. Um, But it was here in this very vulnerable book of David's that he tucked in a small phrase, but I think it's amazingly significant to us as mommies. And so he, um, and he did it not just once, he did it twice. In two places, he mentions his mom and he gives us a small glimpse of who she was. Um, the first spot is in Psalm 86, verse 16, and he writes, turn to me and be gracious to me. Oh, grant your strength to your servant. And save the son of your handmaid. And then again in Psalm 116, verse 16, he writes, Oh Lord, surely I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your handmaid. You have loosed my bonds. David was in a time of trouble. In both of those places where he's writing, he was in a time of trouble and he called out to God. He prayed to God. And essentially what he's saying is, God, remember me. I'm your servant. But you know what? Not just that. I am the son of your servant. Remember my mom? Remember her daily faithfulness before you? You know her. Deliver me because of my mom's faithfulness, because of her example, because of my mom's legacy that she's given to me. While I've been preparing and praying um, about sharing with you and really praying through that um, personally applying that to my life, that question of what is this legacy? Um, what is this example that we're giving to our children? Um, and how do I pursue that with patience, particularly patience with myself? Um, I've thought a lot about those um, behind-the-scenes jobs that take great sacrifices and great love and great time. But they're also filled even if it goes unseen a lot of the time, with great glory and great reward and great purpose. Um, This reminded me of a video clip that I had seen some time ago. Um, I saw this some time ago, and it's called The Invisible Woman, and it's by Nicole Johnson. Um, And I wanted to watch some of that with you this morning. So if we could start that, that would be great. Unsees. God sees. You are not invisible to him. And oh, moms, you are building a great cathedral. And like David's mom, you are showing up day after day after day. So have patience with yourself in that. Um, 
a few months ago, I heard this beautiful quote, um, and I've been pondering it um, again and again ever since. And it's the magnitude of this quote, um, for me, is a concept that I've called the majesty of the monotony. Um, It comes from G.K. Chesterton's book, Orthodoxy, and it's a little bit long, um, so it'll be up here, but it's also in your magazine, so if you'd like to look at it again later, you can. But he writes, because children have bounding vitality, because they are in spirit fierce and free, they want to do things, they want things repeated and unchanged. They always say, do it again, do it again, more, more. And the grown-up person does it again and again and again until she is nearly dead. For grown-up people are not strong enough to exult in the monotony. But perhaps God is strong enough to exult in the monotony. It is possible that God says every morning, do it again to the sun. And every evening, do it again to the moon. It may not be automatic necessity that makes each daisy alike. It may be that God makes every daisy separately. But he's never gotten tired of making them. It may be that he has the eternal appetite of infancy. For we have sinned and grown old, and our father is younger than we. So what does this look like? What's some application, um, some practical tips for how I practice his presence, um, how I find the majesty and the monotony um, and that beauty in this greatest business of just being a mommy? Um, And so I wanted to share some things that I do and also some tips that some other mommy friends have told me um, for, for that purpose. And first of all, my number one would be find a short devotional book. And there are plenty. This is just, you know, a few um, that I love that are on my bookshelf right now. But find one that you can read in one short setting, not something with chapters, not something with fill in the blanks, but something that you can sit down quickly and read and then take that with you kind of throughout the day to process and think and think about and meditate on. Um, number two, Luann mentioned this. Um, these are flip calendars or perpetual calendars. They're not specific to one year. And our Vicki Esler makes one um, called Ponder 365. I love that one. I also love um, Stormy O'Martian has Power of a Praying Parent and Power of a praying wife. Um, And I have these just kind of in different spots around my home. And so, you know, each day, most days, I'll flip them to the next page and there'll be um, either a prayer point or just a a point of encouragement as a mom or a verse to read and kind of think about as I move from there quickly on to the next need or or thing to do. Um, A third, writing verses down and carrying them with you. Um, And a few different ways that you can do that. Uh, um, Several months ago, we gave you these little books. And if you didn't get one, if it's your first time, we have some more in the back for you. Um, But it was for the purpose of writing down some scripture and being able to stick it in your bag and carry with you. So when you're you know, when you're sitting somewhere, you can flip through it. And so um, maybe this month, one of those verses would be Psalm 116, verse 16, that you would be reminded of being like David's mom, um, to be God's handmaid. Um, another way, our Miss Didi Lominick makes these very pretty, artful um, 
prayer packs that are, or scripture cards, and they are um, on different themes. Um, she's taken different verses and artfully decorated them, laminated them, and stuck them on. So again, you can stick them in your bag, have them in your car, carry them with you. Um, and then another way that I do is my wallet, I like it because it can hold my phone. This is not a Vera Bradley ad, but it holds my phone, which is the same size as a 4 by 6 card. And so I will typically have one written in here so that I can carry one little verse with me, and that's an encouragement for me to usually something that I need to be reminded of in patience. Um, Another idea that a friend shared with me that I love is having scripture in every room in your home. And that could be very, again, very decorative in a piece of artwork on your wall, or it might be as simple as just um, a post-it note stuck on a mirror or on your closet um, to be a reminder for you as you walk into those places. Um, there are several sites that there's, there's several sites that you can sign up to have a daily email or text sent to you. And they're, they're very brief, um, kind of a word of encouragement or a Bible verse. There's different ones. Um, I would encourage you to do that. So again, those times we find times to flip through our phone. Well, here's something that you can quickly read and move on, but continue to think about as you go about your day. Um, listen to worship music when you're doing laundry or preparing dinner, you know, going about those things. Turn on a Pandora station and have some music playing or put your favorite CD on so that that's what you're hearing in the background. Um, and then finally, most important, I think, is to pray without ceasing. Um, we, My husband and I often tell our children, praying is just talking to God. And so be in a continual conversation with God. That doesn't need, as Brother Lawrence had said, it doesn't need a time that you draw away and have to be by yourself. That's a continual conversation that you're having. Um, but to come back to him in this little beat up book. Um, Brother Lawrence, he echoes this idea of the majesty of the monotony. He writes, we ought not to be weary of doing little things for the love of God, for God does not regard the greatness of the work, but the love with which it is performed. Um, but here is some sincere encouragement for each of us as moms and what I have found true um, in my own life. He writes, certainly I have done this imperfectly. Yet, I have found great advantage in this pursuit. Such an exercise begets in us a holy freedom and a familiarity with God. We ask and ask successfully for the grace that we stand in need of. In short, by often repeating these acts, they have become a habit, and the presence of God becomes natural to us. Thank you.